from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. i tell you what, our, our text line is cracking me up. Y'all are bringing it, and I love you. Whether we agree or disagree, it's fun. Um, thanks for hanging out with us and engaging with the show. It, it makes it a lot more fun and entertaining. We are the Out of Bounds Show. It's brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Their bacon appetizer is wonderful. You can actually just go ahead and uh, make it a side beside your uh, ribeye medium rare. You can do bacon on one side and bacon-wrapped shrimp. They call it shrimp lejean, uh, as that's the fancy name. I go with bacon-wrapped shrimp. Kesslerprime.com to make a reservation. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We'll have Steve Palazzolo on the show at uh, 8.30 today. And looking forward to that. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. That's Chris Collinsworth's site. Uh, Y'all see him on NBC. He's actually a Florida Gator alum. Played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, remember when HBO had their NFL show uh, in the 80s? Man, I lived for that show. That was so good. Jason, will you look that up, what it, what it was called? Um, it was... What, what's the show again? It's It was an HBO NFL show in the... Uh, in the 80s. That and Fraggle Rock, I'm not sure it got any better. It didn't for me, so I don't know about for y'all. Y'all can uh, uh, thank you for going to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and searching Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. Also, thanks for correcting me that today's Thursday and not Friday. Uh, MRA Football will be on 105.9 The Zone ESPN against Pulaski tomorrow. So there you go. MRA Football on 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Tomorrow night, they have Friday Night Lights on ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by MRA Patriot Football. You can go to mrapats.org to see everything that they're doing, both academically and athletically, or pick up the phone and call 601-856-4455 and schedule a private tour of the MRA campus. Jason? So uh, so there's there's two. The, the one that I don't think you're talking about is Inside the NFL that ran until 2008. And that one started, it looks like, from ni- in 1977. Yeah, the, that was it, I think. But go ahead. The one I, the other one is First and Ten. No, uh, it was Inside the NFL. Okay, Inside the NFL. Yeah, can Got you it. see, was it Lynn Dawson? And uh, what was that guy's name? Nick Biacani or by, And I think, did Collinsworth eventually join them? I can't remember. But yeah, he played for uh, he played for the Cincinnati Bengals. But he's a Florida Gator, and Florida's playing tonight against Utah. Lines four and a half, depending on where where you're looking and so on. But um, it was even down to four at Pearl River Resort, four and a half on Caesars. Uh, MGM seems to be moving pretty good here. Um, would you take the four and a half points in Florida, or would you give them? and take Utah. Cam rising towards ACL in the Rose Bowl against Penn State last year. Florida's got a hellacious duo at running back, uh, which I really like. Their Baylor transfer, they are raving about him. He is a dude. But 
They lost a great player on the offensive line, too. I think Florida's got better athletes than we think they do just because it was ugly last year after the Utah game. Um, I don't know why they're playing this game, but I'm glad they are, selfishly, because it gives us a, maybe a good game tonight. Yeah. I just want a four-quarter game. Um, not sure we're going to get that with Nebraska and Minnesota, but that would be awesome, too. For our listeners who really nerd out on football, Matt Rule is the head coach at Nebraska. Growing up, Nebraska was a power. Um, you you know, they even won three national titles in the 90s, you could debate. I mean, national titles weren't really real until the BCS. Um, and, that, and then you could also debate them getting those three. However, they won every year, 9, 10, 11 games. And then they lost their mojo once they fired Frank. Uh, well, so Tom Osborne retired. Then they hired his right hand in Frank Solich. And they didn't like that he was winning like nine and a half games. Like he, he, he ticked back like one game. Okay. And one game in football is huge, but you got to kind of have a you know, paradigm shift in college football. You were no longer able to go coast. Like Nebraska in 1985, if they wanted a player here, they could come in and get it. Okay, now, yeah. They're not taking a player from Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Even Oklahoma's not taking a, a player from Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And in the mid-'80s when I was a kid, you know, Nebraska had Osborne and, and Oklahoma had Switzer. Now, Switzer would boat race Nebraska because he would cheat. Um, but then there was the whole debate on how Nebraska actually ran their strength and conditioning program. But anyway, and if they really had all, like, fifth- and sixth-year players, legally or illegally, but bottom line, and they had, what, the best walk-on program in the country, and I don't know how they financed that. It was probably a Netflix series. The bottom line is Matt Rule is at Nebraska, and they'll never be a power again. But I think they can, you know, be a, a good program. I mean, they hired the the uh, legendary former quarterback in Scott Frost, and it didn't work out. And so now they've got Matt Rule. He was at Baylor, did a good job. Then he went to the Carolina Panthers. That didn't work out. And now he's at Nebraska. So that in Minnesota's uh uh Fleck. So yeah. the dude who likes to run a four four forty um out on the field. Who <laughs> runs faster? Fleck or Dabo when they're running out with their team? I think mm. Dabo's probably gonna lose a couple of tenths. I mean, he's getting up, he's in good shape. I gotta give him credit the way he sprints out on the field. But if you notice, Saban used to be a sprinter. Right. 08, 9, 10, 11, 12. Now he kind of goes to the side and lets, I mean, granted, he's 71 years old, still in great shape, looks great. But um, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to, of course. You got to be careful. Yeah. He's had, I think, both hips replaced and both knees replaced are like two of the three. Our sports injury discussion is always brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine. And Orthopedic Center, MississippiSportsMedicine.com, uh, Fortification in Bellhaven, and Lakeland Drive Flowood, MississippiSportsMedicine.com. Did we settle the Captain Rodney's thing? I, I think it's settled. I think it's split right down the middle. Maybe, like, because I want to say it's leaning more my side, but then after I described it, so many texts were coming in saying, that sounds horrendous. Gross, but then people were like, "Well, actually, I've had it, and it's good." Okay, so it's like I still think it's fifty-fifty. God, I can't believe people like that—a big heaping helping of 
mayonnaise, cream cheese, fake drizzled onions. Uh, <laughs> like, you know what? Whatever O'Charlie's secret sauce was. That used to be good. No, it actually wasn't. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Is basically what Captain Rodney's is. You know, when you can, you know, you just you know right when you taste a a chainy sauce. Okay, yeah. yeah. Right? Now, there are good chains, right? I mean, there are chains who do it, do it well. But I'm talking about, you You know, like I know Charlie's, when you get a low-level sauce and you know, man, that stuff is awful. And they put a lot of it on everything on the menu. That's what Captain Rod... And then onions? I mean, do you really want to be in a 12 by 12 tent scooping mayonnaise, cream cheese... A little bit of onion and whatever this drizz, fake drizzle bacon sauce that's kind of an O'Charlie's ripoff through some t- uh, Fritos. O'Charlie's had the rolls, though, man. The bread was good. Okay. Don't you remember the rolls? No, I don't. Because I don't. That's not how. Oh, I, okay. That's yeah. not You're not how a bread I, guy. Ba- I, I base restaurants on amazing appetizers, amazing entrees. Okay. Amazing desserts. I never think, gosh, I got to go to this restaurant to pound a bunch of bread. <laughs> well, Logan's Roadhouse and O'Charlie's, I think Logan's might still have good rolls, but I know they used to have great rolls. You're not very cultured to be an <laughs> old Miss Rebel. Whoa. Uh, Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, pro football focus at 830 on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Captain Rodney's Zone on the Out of Bounds Show. And a no French onion dip zone. Good morning. Welcome in. I am excited about football tonight. Florida and Utah. And uh, I forgot TCU in Colorado this weekend. Ooh-wee. I think it's like minus 20 and a half now for TCU. What is Kendall Browse going to do to that Colorado Buffalo defense? All 11 well, let's new all guys. welcome Coach Prime to the Power Five, baby. TCU and Colorado this weekend. Woo! 
Do you think uh, you think there's bets being taken on what color the cowboy hat is? Because he, you know, in preseason he's been rocking, or like you know, fall camp he's been rocking the the tan cowboy hat, which looks good. Yeah, I I like that. I like that. Um, that's a good question, man. I I guess he'll stay with that. I don't know if he'll wear that during the game. He he can't wear a headset. True. No, but I mean like pre like pregame, you know. Warming up, clapping at his guys. You know, the Coach Prime clap. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Coach Prime at Colorado, TCU. So, I missed that Power 5 matchup. What time is that game, Jason? Um, I totally missed that. I know Ole Miss and Mercer's at 1. Mississippi State and um, Southeast Louisiana is at 3. I know that night is South Carolina and North Carolina on prime time. I think that you'll... You'll be into that game because Mississippi State plays South Carolina in a few weeks. Ole Miss and MSU just don't play them often. However, with the new schedule, I think we'll start playing everybody every other year. Hallelujah. And actually be a conference and not two separate conferences, which is really, at the end of the day, what we've been, right? In football? That's what we've yeah. been. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I know, well, anyway, North Carolina's favored. So I, I know they've got the quarterback that everybody's drooling all over, but I'm not buying it. I, I'm just, I'm not buying the Tar Heels. I watched some of them last year. Longo had to score 35 points a game for them to be even in the game. He's now at Wisconsin. Uh, he'll make them so much better. Uh, I don't know when Phil Longo's going to get a head coaching job, but, um, you know, he'd do, he'd do great at a, at a Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, South Carolina. I mean, He'd obviously be a massive upgrade at South Carolina. Um, I, I think he'd probably be an upgrade at Kentucky. Although Stoops has done a good job, I don't know that 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 may be a little that may be a little bit of a reach. Stoops is even though they're not good on offense, Stoops has done a great job in the trenches, in the in the strength and conditioning room, in the whole culture toughness component, taking advantage of a weak East. Recruiting. I mean, he's got. Oh no, he's, he's, he's moved him up players. ten yeah. spots. It's the whole range-bound recruiting. You don't ever. Ninety-nine percent of our teams don't ever move four four spots up or back. You are who you are, and you're exactly right. Mark Stoops has moved them up. Dan Mullen busted through at Mississippi State. Uh, Ole Miss has lived literally for twenty-three years at basically the number twenty composite. I mean, that's just that's who they are. Um. Don't ever forget the day that Mississippi State beat Michigan in the Gator Bowl. This goes to show you how far behind they were. They were the number 36 composite recruiter. Ooh. Michigan was number eight. They Ooh. won 52 to 17. Dan would eventually leave and leave you at about number 26. Now, you know, that's a 10 spot jump. That's, that's strong. That's strong. Question is, can Arnett and the crew move you into the 18 to 22 range along with, uh, with Ole Miss? Now, even though Ole Miss has out-recruited you in modern-day rankings, they haven't been more successful. So, it, I guess it's been just close enough as far as uh, you kind of feel like Ole Miss lands a couple of more top recruits, not every year, but over the course of a few years. Last year, they got Sunterine Perkins and Aiden Williams. Now, I know Isaac Smith was highly thought of and highly recruited too, but those guys... You know, Sunterine was the best player in the state. Will he be in college? I don't know. But I can I can buy that. This year's rankings, I mean, you can mix and match a bunch of them. There is no clear-cut number one. Yeah. Um, last year, there was a clear-cut number one, Sunterine Perkins. That doesn't always happen. 
You don't always have have a Sunturin or a, or a Jeffrey Simmons. Sometimes you got a you got six guys that you could choose from. Depends on what you like, what you want, how bad they really want it, and so on. Um, I think that's that may be like fifty fifty actually. Nah, maybe a little bit more on the other side because Sunturin and Simmons are unicorns. So I think maybe I would go 70, 30, where you have three to four to five guys that could be ranked, you know, anywhere in that, in that space. And then, and then you have the Jeffrey Simmons type guys and Sunturin Perkins. We'll see Sunturin this weekend for Pete Golding and the Ole Miss Rebels. Let's give away four pairs of tickets to the M Braves. It's Thirsty Thursday brought to you by Key City Brewery out of Vicksburg. They have delicious beer. We've told you about their uh, Mexican lager. Uh, they brought out their Oktoberfest. So many, uh, Jason went through like a, a list of like three of them that he went home and tried because they dropped off some beer for us. Um, but it's Thirsty Thursday at the Mississippi Braves ballpark brought to you by Key City Brewery. And it's a great night to go out to the ballpark, enjoy a beer and a sausage dog or some nachos, or some peanuts. And the weather is, has been kind to us the last few days. So it's a good night to hear the crack of the bat, have a cold Key City beer, and enjoy that beautiful stadium, AA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. Text Braves, first four people, to 601-885-3776. 885-3776. At Text Braves, you get a pair of tickets. You get to pick Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No, no, no. Sean, I'm not comparing. All right, you got to look at the big picture. I'm not comparing Sunturin. Obviously, they play different positions. I'm aware of that. I've seen film on Sunturin, and I've watched Jeffrey Simmons play a lot. Um, What I'm talking about as far as talent, raw talent and athleticism coming out of high school. There's only so many Sunturin Perkins, Jeffrey Simmons, AJ Browns, and Chris Jones. The overwhelming majority of our players that are ranked one, two, three, and four, including this year are not in that space. They may be, but they're not right now. You know, Chris Jones was ready to play game one. AJ Brown ready to play game one. Jeffrey Simmons ready to play game one. Sunturin Perkins will be ready to play game one. Just a difference. There's some others, but most of these guys are not. And Isaac Smith could be coming down. I mean, he could be running downhill on on Saturday. I mean, look, A&M wanted him. LSU wanted him. He didn't take a back seat as far as recruiting-wise because Mississippi State had to beat out Jimbo Fisher and Brian Kelly and and Ole Miss and some others for him. So he was highly recruited just like Sunturin. He just didn't get locked down commitment-wise like Sunturin did so early. It's a difference, too. If you're open commitment, people are still talking about you. Right. If it goes down to the wire. You commit early, it's not as much. Well, I mean, there's some there's some players that will commit to get their name circulating more. It's like, you know, just committed to, say, a smaller school, and then you get more schools interested. It It sometimes can work both ways. Yeah. No doubt. All right, coming up next, we've got uh, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. NFL Insider, they got the podcast, they've got the analytics site, 
Um, it is a numbers-driven game for pro football focus. PFF.com. Chris Collinsworth, among other investors, started it. You know who Chris Collinsworth is. You see him on Sunday nights in the booth with Mike Tirico now. Now that Al Michaels is on Thursday nights. Amazon with Kirk Herbstreit. Tonight, we have Florida and Utah. That, that line, I think it's going to move some more. I'm sorry, it will move some more. Um, but it seems to be at four and a half right now. And there's so many question marks with both teams um, going into this game, which is great. I just want a good fourth quarter game. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Briarwood Wine and Spirits. I saw it's National International Wine Day. Boy, that's a lot. You can find a great selection of vino at Briarwood Wine and Spirits, 4949 Old Canton Road. Steve Palazzolo on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line next. I actually like that intro music and music like that. Some of our intro music's not any good. But anyway, the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, is brought to you by our friends at Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. So before you go to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club and you play the Azaleas or the Oaks, you have to go to Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Take your golf game to another level with their amazing selection of, obviously, golf clubs, irons, putters, drivers, woods, golf balls, and golf accessories at Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Football is here, and that's a good thing. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Steve joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, and this is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Steve, uh, will you watch college football tonight? Yeah. Well, first off, I'm a Gators fan, so I will watch the Florida-Utah game, and I try to sneak as much college football in as I can and try to convince my kids that family time on my off days on Saturdays, we'll be watching college football. doesn't always work, but we'll try. <laughs> I didn't realize you were a Gator. Maybe you had told me that earlier. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm a fake Gator because I'm from New England, and I just kind of liked Danny Werfel back in the 90s and jumped on the bandwagon at that point. So, ah, Northeast, Northeast Gator. I, knew I didn't you, go there or anything. Okay. I knew you played for um, – the San Francisco Giants AAA organization. Right. And, okay, but I didn't know about the Gator. Did you watch Swamp Kings? I did, yeah. I watched it last week. It was, uh, yeah, pretty nice <laughs> little fluff piece for Urban Meyer there. Uh, did you think it was a fluff piece for both Urban and Tebow or just Urban? I, I think every time you talk about Tebow, it's a fluff piece because he was awesome. Right, I mean, there's nothing, there's not, there's nothing bad to say about Tebow except for his NFL career. But the, yeah, I thought it was a fluff piece more for Urban, get him, get him rehabilitated, change the image, and all that stuff. It only really talked about Florida's rise to two national titles in four years. That was the the gist of the story. I was still entertained though. Were you? Oh, absolutely. It was fun. It was great, nostalgic throwback. I mean, that was. Those 08, 09 teams, especially in Florida, were just loaded and, you know, fun to watch and everything. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was just funny that that was what the focus was. It was like four, four-part documentary with all Urban and what he did for Florida and all that. Man, people don't like Urban Meyer. 
You know, it, it's unbelievable to be a, yeah, I mean, I know we, we, we kind of pick and choose in sports, heck in life, but, um, I mean, Urban is just, he's disliked by college football fans and NFL fans. I mean, that guy just, he really can't find a spot where people celebrate him. Well, he's trying. If everybody watches the documentary, you'll feel better for him. So That's true. I think that was the point. All right, let's, let's jump in. Um, Real quick, do you want to call it tonight? We've got a lot of, and, and you, you've been, I know you've been heavy NFL. Um, Utah, Cam Rising is coming off a torn ACL from the Penn State Rose Bowl last year. Florida's still a work in progress with Billy Napier. Um, they're starting a, a transfer quarterback, but their running back duo is really good. Utah is basically the only team out West that plays like the SEC, kind of rough and rugged, smash mouth football under Whittingham. Are you going to call it? Do you four and a half points? You like your Gators? You like Utah? Uh, I'll say I'll say Florida pulls the upset. I don't feel great about their season right now. It's going to be interesting for Napier because I don't know that they're going to have a good year, but he's got that great recruiting class locked in for next year, so might need some patience at Florida. But I'll say Graham Mertz surprises tonight, and uh, the and Florida pulls the upset, even though it's really tough to win in Utah. Yeah, they haven't lost a home game since November twenty first, twenty twenty. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. Okay, that's fair enough. Let's go to and look, y'all got to give Napier time. You can't keep going through coaches. I agree with you on. I think Napier's a good coach, and I agree with you on the on the recruiting class too. Let's start with the NFC. Who is in the best position? All right, the Philadelphia Eagles are the number one team in power ranking. Or I think they would be your number one team. They're mine. Um, yep. and they got the best, arguably the best GM, the best offensive line and a bunch of other really good pieces. So who is in best position, in the best position to take them down this year, Steve? Well, I think the Cowboys should be right up there with the Eagles. The Niners, of course, who made the NFC Championship to face the Eagles last year. I mean, I think both of those teams, from a roster-building standpoint, are in a similar spot. You know, I've mentioned a couple times, I think the Cowboys – going into last year, had a couple holes that I thought ended up coming back to bite them, you know, the wide receiver depth, the cornerback depth, and, and they've shored those up this offseason with Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore. So I like some of those those veteran moves that the Cowboys have made. So I think they could, they'll could they compete with the Eagles. I don't think it's a cakewalk for Philadelphia through the East. And, you know, the Niners, of course, we know they'll be – and we think they'll be good. Everybody thinks that they'll be good, and they've got the, the star power. It's just a matter of Brock Purdy, I think, uh, keeping them afloat and, and not not uh, regressing like he did at Iowa State because Purdy did kind of regress at Iowa State. He had a really good freshman year and then got a little bit worse sophomore, junior, senior year. So I think those, those are the two teams. I'm not on an island with that, but I think, yeah, the Cowboys should be right there in the mix with the, with the Eagles battling for the East. Okay, so you just hit on something. If – Pretty much everybody that Kyle Shanahan has coached gets better at the at the quarterback position. Um, I don't know what you know, Purdy Brock Purdy's ceiling is. Well, like you said, we'll see how that looks. But they're they're so well run all around him that it may can continue to work. Uh, what did you make of the Trey Lance trade? And was it was it just was it all about the Cowboys did something and anything they do, uh, P- 
people lead with, whether it's Good Morning Football, Pro Football Focus, or or whoever. Uh, because I thought it was much to do about nothing, but because it's the Cowboys, people went crazy. Your thoughts? Yes, it's because it was the Cowboys. It's it's actually it's ridiculous the number of uh, screaming TV shows, the yelling shows that I saw clips of. You know, is, what does this mean for Dak? I mean, it means Dak might has a different backup. You know, that's what it means. It means Cooper Rush has a little competition as a backup. I mean, they traded for the third string quarterback on the Niners who was sitting behind Sam Darnold on the depth chart. It has nothing to do with Dak Prescott. It has nothing to do with the future for the Cowboys. It's just the Cowboys do have smart people working for them. They've made a few uh, changes this offseason to their analytics department. And it's just an, it was an opportunity to buy low on a quarterback who went number three overall, who hasn't had a ton of reps at all in his life, dating back to when he played for North Dakota State and the FCS. So, there's a buy low on a guy that could still be good and just hasn't had time to develop. But that's a smart that's a smart move. It's not anything dramatic. It's just take shots on quarterbacks. Why wouldn't you? So that's all it was. Okay. Uh, can you expand on what you just said, that the Cowboys made some changes in their analytics department and what that could mean for them in a league where people are trying to find an edge by a fingernail? Yeah, I just know they, they brought in a guy named John Park who used to be with the Colts and was, you know, was really heavy in their game day staff and their scouting department and um, a couple other people behind the scenes that they've hired. Um, I'm not saying it's like a – like the Cowboys are already – they already have some really smart people over there. Again, behind the scenes, the analy- analytically inclined people. Um, but they just added a little bit more to the mix this offseason. There's actually a lot of turnover in uh, analytics departments analytics uh, transactions this offseason around the NFL. So, again, I don't know that you're going to see anything completely drastic, but like I said, they've got smart people in the building, and when you lean into the smart people in the building, it does help to find some edges on the field and scouting and the draft, whatever it might be. And I think, you know, Dallas is continuing to move in the right direction. Okay, my friend Dave Bartu, who you know of, um, and y'all are all nerdy and into analytics, and I love it. Uh, he's he's run the numbers on all 168 offensive coordinators since 2000 in the NFL. And he did a podcast on where Mike McCarthy fell, who is the Dallas Cowboys head coach, but also now the play caller, now that Kellen Moore is with the Chargers. And he said that McCarthy is better than people think. Um, that over 18 seasons of calling plays for the Saints, 49ers, and Packers, that McCarthy came in at number 11 out of 168 offensive coordinators. Um, what is your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the methodology, so it's tough to comment on it directly. I think it's, again, I, Dave seems like a smart guy and would account for all this stuff. I think it's always difficult to account for the quarterback's role in in just offensive coordinator analysis, right? Um, Josh McDaniels probably looked like a really good offensive coordinator, when Tom Brady was there and then not as good when he had, you know, Mac Jones, Cam Newton, Derek Carr, it just wasn't as good. Um, but it's not terribly surprising. I think, I think, I think we live in a world where the last thing you saw is, you know, what you think is truth. And again, the last thing we saw with Mike McCarthy calling plays was Aaron Rodgers was out of sync, not working within the system, maybe didn't have enough within the system to operate, uh, maybe too many isolation routes. Like you can get into the, X's and O's and say, here are the mistakes Mike McCarthy made. Maybe he didn't 
evolve his offense enough in year 18, right? That's, those, are part of, those are the last things that we saw, so that might be the perception. But for Mike McCarthy to get that many years calling plays, to get a head coaching job after being, you know, an offensive play caller, he had to have been good. And I think he was good. I think he was good. You know, he had Aaron Rodgers, you know, win a Super Bowl and win MVPs with him calling plays. So I don't think it's crazy, no. Um, at the same time, we just have to recognize the last thing that we saw with McCarthy that, that had been falling apart a little bit. So was that just him and Rodgers just at the end of their time? What, were the players not as good? Did McCarthy not evolve? To me, those are the questions that I think we're going to get answered early in the season here with McCarthy calling plays. But, yeah, overall, not surprised that he ranked well there because, yeah, he did have a lot of good offenses. Fair enough. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. You love, you and your colleagues, and I like this, love throwing the football, love pushing the ball down the field. You're not against running, but you like to throw more. What? Let's take Dak and the Cowboys and McCarthy and with what they have now, which is CeeDee Lamb coming into his prime. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who's a good player. Uh, if Gallup's healthy, he's right under good, I think, which is more than serviceable in the NFL. I don't know if Pollard will be healthy, but healthy he is good. Uh, and then I guess they're okay at tight end. So having said, you, you know their their group of, of skill play, And you know what Dak can do and can't do. Although I agree with you, the yelling shows only focus on what he can't do. Um, I guess that just gives you more eyeballs and impressions. But throw that out. What what kind of ratio would you like to see pass to run for somebody like the Cowboys, Steve? I mean, it's tough to say offhand, but you you definitely want to be up in the so look neutral so neutral situations, right? So when you take out goal line, you take out late in the game, and you know you're going to pass, or you know you're going to run. The best teams last year in neutral situations would pass about sixty five percent of the time, and that includes the Eagles. So the teams that were high up there were the Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles, the Chargers, and I think the Bengals. You know, anything anything consistent there, they were all good. Wow. They all had good quarterbacks. Wow. Right? So those are the teams. And so they would pass 60 to 65% of the time. And that's like the game's tied. It's the second quarter. It's first and 10. That's, you know, that's a neutral situation. So that's what you want. It's not at the end of the day, what does the bottom line say? Because if, if things go well and you're you're up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you start running the ball. That's when you start running. At the end of the day, maybe it looks more balanced. But it's it's when it's when the game is neutral, as I've been saying, it, it is you know, it's more conducive to pass the ball. Because the NFL's made it that way. They've made it easier to pass. They've made it more difficult to cover. And you need to tap into that. And um so that, that's the key. You know, I always, we always joke a little bit at PFF. Like, if you ask a coach, uh, you know, do you want a five-yard run or a seven-yard pass, they might say five-yard run. They might say, I want the five yards instead of the seven on first and ten. Because a five-yard run, you've got, you know, eight good blocks, and it's beautiful, and you, everybody executes, whereas a seven-yard pass might just be like a little hitch route against off coverage. You know what I mean? Like, coaches love that you know, win at the point of attack and get that <laughs> five-yard run and stay on schedule. And it's like, just take a seven-yard pass. It's right there. They play off coverage. They got eight in the box. You just hit the one-on-one on the outside and pick, you know, take seven on, on a first down. 
So those are the types of moves I think a lot of the NFL is making. It's, it's taking seven on first and second down instead of grinding it out with three or four. Those are the, the few plays that need to flip, become passes, and then that sets up the run. Then it's third and two, third and three, you spread, and that's when you run, right? So you just you got to zig when the, NFL, when the defense is zagging, and, and that's what it's really all about from a play calling standpoint. I love the way you frame that up. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. How, where would you rank the trio with the Philadelphia Eagles of A.J. Brown, who I think is top five in the league, um, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard in the, in, in the NFC? Where, where would you rank that trio, Steve? Oh, I mean, I, I think you'd have to put the Niners probably at number one with, with Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, but... I think the Eagles are right there. I'm telling you, like, A.J. Brown, the more information you get on A.J. Brown and you see Ryan Tannehill's career, you know, using PFF grades, Ryan Tannehill's PFF grades were in the 70s, which is good. He's a good quarterback until he gets to Tennessee, and then they're in the 90s when he's got A.J. Brown there. And then he leaves, and they're back where they were before. Um, Same thing with Jalen Hurts. I thought Jalen Hurts has done a great job of developing, great job of, improving every year, but let's be serious. His MVP candidacy matched with A.J. Brown being there in Philadelphia. That's just the truth. So I think him, and then Devontae Smith, you know, I I think if he was the only receiver on the team, you'd say, I don't know, he's kind of a low-end number one. But even if he's a a low-end number one right now with A.J. Brown, go ahead, go. good luck covering that. Because Devontae Smith had some games where he was just out of this world last year. So I think that one-two punch, and then Goddard's just really good as a receiver, as a pass catcher and everything. So they're up near the top. I love what the Eagles have done from a team-building standpoint, including getting A.J. Brown in there while Jalen Hurts was on that rookie contract so that he could develop and um, you know become the high-end passer that he did last year. Okay, so as far as trios, you would have San Fran number one in the NFC. San Fran number one, Lynch and Shanahan have done a good job uh, outside of all the assets they gave away for Trey Lance. Which actually, a lot of times over the last few years, you've argued, you know, do whatever, keep taking quarterbacks and so on. But but let's stay on point. All right. The trio. You have San Fran number one, the Eagles number two in the NFC. Who would be number three? Well, off the top of my head, I think the Saints and Cowboys are competing there. Am I missing somebody good? Um the Seahawks would probably be in the mix if uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is when, when he's healthy. Got it. Um, with, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But the Cowboys having C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, I mean, that's, that's really good. That's when Dak's had his best seasons, when he's had those three really good receivers. And I think they've got that again this year. Um, and then the Saints, I think it, a lot depends on Michael Thomas just staying healthy. But if he stays healthy, Chris Olave looks like a star. I think Olave can become the one. Michael Thomas can become the uber possession guy. And then even just a tight end like Jawan Johnson, who used to be a receiver and plays like a former receiver playing tight end. That's a really nice mix over there with the Saints as well. So I think all those teams have done a, a pretty nice job of, of getting that, you know, three or four pass catches to keep defenses off balance. Man, you just got Saints fans, Wooly. Because this is a Saints market, Saints Cowboys market. All right, Steve Palazzolo. I know my crowd. crowd. You do, you do. Pro Football Focus, PFF dot com. What with Dak and the Cowboys? Do you can 
I like the way you framed up Devontae Smith, a low-end number one, which is incredible, by the way, in the NFL. Would you consider CeeDee really Lamb good. a yeah. low-end number one? No, I think he's he's a one. I mean, he's a normal number one. I don't think he has the same kind of impact as Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, but probably just below that. Um, maybe he could. He could get up there a little bit higher, but I think he's a number one. I, I think I think Amari Cooper throughout his career was a number one, even though the Raiders and Cowboys both soured on him at some point. I think he's a, you know, CD's a, a true number one. There were games where they would feed him 10 to 15 times and he would produce. So that's what I, I look at that. And then I look at what they do, the effect that they have on the rest of the offense. You know, you could, when, when AJ Brown and Tyree Kill are out there, even if they only have two catches, you could feel the effect that they have on the rest of the game, opening things up and, you know, how much defenses have to account to them. So, I don't know if C.D. Lamb is there yet, but he'll produce like one. And, and I think he's a, he's a number one wide receiver. And, again, I think from a team-building uh, standpoint, what the Cowboys did drafting C.D. Lamb when they already had Amari Cooper, I think that's awesome, that you should continue to keep your foot on the gas when it comes to adding playmakers because that's where, that's where games are won. They're won in the trenches as long as the trenches are good enough, but they're really won on the perimeter with the points on the board. Okay. Um, we'll leave it there. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. And, yeah, Eagles are number one. Everybody's chasing the Eagles, and you have the Cowboys, the 49ers, and it sounds like the Seahawks as potential teams that could catch the uh, the Eagles, right? I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, we, you know, you know how it is. We'll be five weeks into the season, and a couple teams will be four and one, and three and two. It'll look close, and I think that's reality. It'll be, it'll be closer than we think uh, throughout the year, as far as all those NFL and NFC teams and the Eagles. All right, we'll talk next week. It'll be uh, opening day. For it'll be uh, Broncos and Lions, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Chiefs and Lions. Yep. That's what I meant. Chiefs, uh, obviously, the Super Bowl yeah. champs. Elway, Elway didn't win this. Elway didn't win the Super Bowl this year. No, year. he didn't. He didn't. Mahomes and the Chiefs. All right, um, the uh, fighting kneecap biters from Detroit. Yeah. Have a yeah. great weekend, dude. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. We'll talk next week. Steve Palazzolo on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Hit favorites.com, F-A-V-E, favorites.com, and get a quote in four minutes or less. We've had a very passionate show today because we're still hitting on tailgating food, and I've been called out. On, on my Captain Rodney's take. In, in fact, my wife called me out. She said, she said that I am wrong. Whoa. Um, really? and, and so uh, it was pretty funny. And she said, uh, you've never made a tailgate dip in your life. And it's <laughs> easy and pretty good. Just saying. She's right. I've never made a tailgate dip in my life. Actually, I don't, I've never made a dip. In you've, my life. You've never made a dip? No. I mean, I... Dude, that's like the best, you know, like have people coming over, you don't... You well, don't when do you make... A, uh, so I'll, I'll grill. Okay. Throw a bunch of protein on the grill. Of course, I'll chop yeah. up stuff. I do enjoy that. Okay. Because, you know, it's, it's just, it's almost, it's therapeutic. 
Right. Yeah, it really is. Um, You know, you're sipping on a beverage, you're chopping stuff. You're actually having to think a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. I don't like to just sit. I'm not good at that. I may need to get better. (laughs) But if I have something to do, that's good. Um, But yeah, Wendy called me out and said, "I, I don't think it's Wendy's favorite, but she says it's all about simple and easy when it comes to the tailgate. For sure. She's I don't right. think she, I don't think, from what I'm gathering, I'm trying to go back and forth. I don't think she makes it quite like that one you read off. Okay, yeah. Okay. That one was very specific. Yeah. Had, I think there's all kinds of variations, from what I'm gathering, right? of yeah. Captain Rodney's dip. But she's told me that I was being judgy and that I've never made a dip <laughs> in my life, period, but for the tailgate. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Good morning. Welcome in. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Thanks for listening to Out of Bounds on 105.9 The Zone.